good. Welcome to another episode of Dive for United. I am Andre Carlisle, and I'm here, of course, as always, forever, with Courtney. Courtney, how you doing? I'm fine. Having some soup. I'm actually, I'm so tired. <laughs> I just spent a work trip in Vegas for way too long. It's not even like a fun, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I quite simply just work the entire time, and I need to nap for like four days straight. Oof, that's about the worst way to do Vegas, so I am sorry. <laughs> yeah. Today we are joined by Shea Butter FC, which means we got Sky, we got Sylv. Sky, how you doing? Oh shit, I was on mute. My bad. Hello, how we doing? I'm eating my uh plantains, chips. <laughs> I'm lit. I'm good. Even if my body's trying to like take me out. Just, I'm here. Why is your body trying to take you out? Yo, it's like an acid reflux thing. Don't ask questions. It's been a long day. <laughs> Conversated a bit about that in the chat because, um, yeah, that acid reflux ain't no joke. Don't get old. Yeah, don't get old. Uh, <laughs> Sylvs, how you doing? Um, I am doing all right, man. Just uh, chilling. It's hot today, so um, didn't love that when I left for work. Left from work this afternoon. Um, but yeah, it ain't it ain't like it ain't like the Houston heat that they were bragging nah, about when it was like 180 nah. degrees. I'm I'm good on that forever. I'm not um, built for that no more. I'm not built nah, for that. Yeah, I left that life. I left that life. <laughs> I am um, built for the heat. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm chilling. Classes are over, so life's a little less stressful. But it's a big it's a big summer. So wait, Pauls, you was in you was in Las Vegas running around in a hoodie. Honestly, I know I low key am built for the heat. I've always, I've always loved like sunbathing, bathing, and just being like hot. No, Marty well, also Black. it's like it's Marty not humid can. there. It's like not humid, so it's like. Oh, it's not uh, but it's dry heat. Yeah, yeah, that's like not. I mean, I literally live in humidity. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like ninety eight degrees with sixty five percent humidity. Like anything that's hot but not humid, I'm like, it's fine. I'll survive. Um, it was only like our last day there where I was, I like actually went outside and I was like, oh, the sun is beaming down. But I was also like, cool, I need my melanite cells to like reactivate. Um, and so I was fine with it. Melanite cells. Wow. Uh, yeah. Very much built different because me and the heat don't get along. Me and the cold weather don't get along either. So like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm just like, temperate weather. Me, like, just California between 65 and 72 is about is about where I'm at so yeah that's uh, all I need yeah I think so California pre-global warming now it's hot. <laughs> right <We're cold. laughs> right um okay we we got a lot to talk about uh so we're gonna get to it but first we're gonna do a review because you know that's how we do uh we love it when y'all rate and review the podcast it's important helps us grow all that stuff y'all know you listen to other podcasts I'm sure they tell you the same thing but we for real we for real this time uh, in our reviews, we know we asked y'all to drop dad jokes or, for some reason, middle names for me. Thanks, Sky, for doing that one uh, to me. That was so a, a like Sky and Courtney Sith crossover. Yeah, yeah. They, there's plenty of ways to embarrass me in the comments, so uh, that, that that happens. Uh, this one is from Urka Pirate, and uh, it's I haven't forgot about that, which I don't know what that refers, but uh, we're just going to keep reading. It reads, middle names are hard, dad jokes are easy. What's the best time to go to the dentist? Tooth hurdy. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you were to like, wow. tell me to say like an OG dad joke, it would honestly probably be that. <laughs> like no. tooth hurdy is just it's a classic dad joke. It is a classic. <laughs> That's how you gotta laugh to it, correct. Um all right, so yeah, uh definitely keep keep doing those. They're fun, they're ridiculous, we love them. So thank you so much for sending that. All right, so on this episode, easy enough. 
we're going to do, here's the rundown. The U.S. Women's National Team roster drop. 23 players, we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Blacko because he'd be saying stuff and doing stuff, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we also going to get into World Cup expectations because, you know, there are some ways this can go, and, and you know, we're going to talk about it. So, you know what? We ain't even going to, like, do a break or nothing. We're just going to dive right in because I want to do, like, initial reactions, and then we'll dive in a little bit deeper. So let me just read through the squad real quick, all right? So we got three goalkeepers. Alyssa Nair and Casey Murphy seem to be like the ones that everybody thought. Then Aubrey Kingsbury was a surprise inclusion. Uh, defenders, you got Alana Cook, Crystal Dunn, still still a defender. I'm going I'm to I'm save it. Emily Fox, Naomi Germa, Sophia Huerta, Kelly O'Hara, and Emily Sonnet. Midfielder, Savannah DeMello snuck in there. Yo, Silves, we, we got to get hype about that. We <laughs> up, <DeMello>. baby. <laughs> yes, yeah, on the DeMello hype train. She going. Uh, Julie Ertz, back and back. Lindsay Aran, Roosevelt, Christy Mewis, which I guess if you're watching today's show was Kristen Mewis, which, you know, shout out to shout out to everybody who's just parachuting in to cover this team and don't know the names. Uh, Ashley Sanchez, Andy Sullivan, round out the midfielders forwards. We got Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, Trinity Robin, Sophia Smith, Alyssa Thompson makes it. Yeah, Love God. that. Lynn Williams in her first World Cup. Just fed ought to be ashamed. All right, initial reactions. I'm going to go to Sills. What you got? First of all, it's Molly Fox. Thank you. Yeah, that's why I was like, where's Molly Fox? I'm president of Molly Fox Molly fan Fox club. The, the team. Don't drag them. I don't know, they, they I don't know what Emily Fox did, but Molly Fox made it. Uh, <laughs> initial reactions. Um, I think the one shock would have been DeMello, but we knew that was coming. Um, so for the most part, this is... The, I mean, listen, I think a few days ago, you know, in our one of our special chats, I laid out the lineup and it was exactly this. So um, I wasn't shocked. Uh, I have some thoughts, but we'll save it for the for the rest of the show. OK, OK. Sky, uh, your thoughts. <clears throat> My initial thought, I was like, are you like mm, why you focus, focus. Um, I thought, OK, so player performance don't matter, clearly, because I see players who haven't touched the pitch. If we're ever playing, we got players who have been looking suspect in league play playing, and we got a lot of midfielders who are going to be on one leg, half a leg, a part of a leg playing. Um, and then we really took the forwards. We we, we, we took them black forwards. Um, I have a hardcore take, but I don't know if I'm going to drop that yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think oh, about it. Mm -hmm. Tease it? I mean, we I could see something in terms of leadership um, and what leadership color looks like. And I got questions about that because it's looking for the diversity that does exist. You're sending some messages that I'm like, what you doing, U.S. soccer? I see you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyway, particularly when you need experience. But I'm just saying there's some healthy people that could have helped you. I'm just saying for this because you're going to a World Cup. You ain't going to the Sippy Cup. You're not going to the Flip Flop Cup. You're going to the World Cup. Um, You got to play teams like Germany, Spain, Germany that already beat you like you, you you need to get it together but yeah i'm gonna say that's it fair 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 and and yes i think i pretty much i, I think i follow and i think i agree on uh much of it because uh oof, yeah we're gonna get into it uh courtney what were your initial reactions when you saw it, it honestly I, I feel like we all could have probably like predicted this and like wrote it down but like what what did you think when you saw uh when you saw the lineup um i think my initial reaction well like a as Sills was saying, the Savannah DeMello news um, was, I think, supposed to be a big shock, but it wasn't because um, it was broken by The Athletic like two or three days early. And then obviously no Becky. 
we know why another big shock um I think for me though and I I mean I tweeted it immediately and as Sky said and also as Vlaco said that league play really only matters for some um that's not a direct quote but that's basically the a gist of a quote that came out where I think he was talking about Lynn Williams saying that her league play really mattered <laughs> to getting her on the team and it's like cool did it matter for other people we don't know I'm I mean, she won't play in the league in 2021 when she saved us in the Olympics, but what do I know? I, I mean, period. Um, so, yeah, I think that was my two. Oh, and then obviously, no, I, we're definitely going to get into it, but no Casey Kruger. Like, that is really, really shocking to me. I know I haven't watched a ton of the league this year because I've been enslaved. But, like, <laughs> the teams that I have really watched are besides Gotham. I've like watched a good amount of the chi- of the Chicago games, mostly because they're you never know what's coming out of there. Like you honestly, you, you never know. <laughs> like they'll beat Angel City t- two to one, and you're like, where does this come from? Who knows? But um, Casey Kruger has been absolutely fantastic for Chicago this season. Very clearly their MVP, and it's like again, league play only matters for some because if you were watching this league, Casey Kruger's on that plane. There are other folks at, too who are also on that plane from the league, um, especially for those outside back positions, but like Casey Kruger's on that plane. Yeah, I agree. And I also say if you're watching a league, some players will be on the plane and some would be off the plane <laughs> if I'm being if I'm keeping it real. So uh yeah, um my reaction was kind of the same. I think the I think like like uh Sills and Courtney said, the the Savannah Develo um news getting broken was kind of like the one big shock. We'd also kind of heard, you know, with with AD French and whatever's going on in KC with her being in and out of the lineup, you kind of expected them to call on Kingsbury instead of French, which, you know, I completely blame everything that's going on in KC for that one. But the rest of it, I could probably predict. And I don't know if that's a good thing. So basically, we're going to get into it. We're going to take it like a quick break because we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to get into it line by line. Goalkeeper, defense, midfield, attack. We're going to talk about it all. And then after that, we're going to get into uh, expectations for this World Cup. But uh, stick with us. We'll be right back to get into it much, much deeper. Okay, the goalkeeper question. The I, I feel like it's the goalkeeper question, given the, what we've seen from Chicago. And yeah, Chicago, like there's a lot to talk about with Chicago from a number of angles. But I think like, Basically, the question I have is, like, is Nair okay? Like, her positioning, I know Chicago got a lot of problems, but, like, her positioning on some of these goals, what they've conceded a ton, has not been great. So I'll start this because we were talking about this in pre-production. Um, so I think with Nair, it's two things. Because I, I think mentioning the positioning is important. But to me, it's either she's, like, really, really on or really, really off. Um, but I will also say that, kind of seems to translate through the rest of the Chicago team in general for being our most honest selves um to me though she is still your number one like I think also one reason why maybe at times her positioning has been off for Chicago is that she probably has to do a lot more organ like organizing of the defense in front of her or shouting at people to get in position and like it might be a split second thing but that is maybe the difference between I mean that literal split second could be the difference between you getting you know either fingertip or maybe a palm to a ball to keep it out versus it hitting the back of the net um but I mean to me she is very much still the U.S.'s number one keeper even though I will say 
that I can't remember if this was just a rumor or not. Previously with the U.S. Women's National Team, at times we would see like Nair come in or Murphy come in. And that wasn't necessarily a question. Like Vlaka wasn't making that decision. It was a goalkeeping coach. And so I'm like, hmm, that's a little bit concerning to me that like your head coach is not making, you know, your final like uh, starting lineup decision. So, but to me, uh, Nair is 100% still the number one keeper. Yeah, I think which there's there's some credit there's there's some merit to that when she's on, which she's usually on for the for the national team. That's kind of like her environment. She seems to do much better when she's there, no matter how her club uh, form is going. Uh, Sills, I want to get you in on this. Um, one, do you think Nair is okay? And and I'll throw a second one to you. If she's not, do you think Murphy is ready, or would you rather see Kingsbury? Um, I'll go backwards. I think Murphy's too. Um, I think her playing in games like she's. For a number two, she's had consistent enough starts at this point. I don't really see a world where Kingsbury jumps her, particularly because I think she's only had one cat. Um, do I think Murphy is ready? Hell if I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Neither does he. Let's be real. Um, she ain't played in the World Cup before. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the refrain for most most of this episode. I don't know. because um, let's be real. This is the World Cup. Some of those booties gonna get real lemony. Oops. Just keeping it and keeping it real, and it might not be the young players, right? Like I don't know what this looks like. Uh, there are more teams, there are more spot. There's better competition in the Olympics. There's better competition in the Concacaf W. With all due respect to Concacaf, that has six teams in this tournament as of right now. We'll get into some of the other bombshell news. Um, but I mean, he doesn't really have a choice. Nair has to be the one. There's no experience. I think if there is a world where 80 is played for Kansas City and she comes into this World Cup, then maybe, right? Um, but that was taken off the table pretty early by her club. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my thing is, and we'll get into the defense in a minute, who's dictating from that back line now that Becky's not there? Who's leading that back line? Is that what we're asking Alyssa to do? Or are we charging Naomi, who, again, I don't think anybody will dispute that's the best one we got, right? <laughs> in terms of defenders. That's probably the best one overall that we've got. But this is still a World Cup. And she's mature, but she's also, what, 23? That's a lot to put on a 23-year-old who's never played in a World Cup before, period. Um, and who didn't get her U20 World Cup because of COVID. So I think there's just so much unknown that at least you have Nair, um, for better or for worse. And I think she does tend to step up. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, sorry, I just want to yeah, quickly say. Definitely, definitely say that, uh, feel that. So I want to ask the same question to Sky. Your, your thoughts on the goalkeeper uh, situation, basically the, the the overall question of is Nair okay? And I also kind of want to see if you touch on that that lemon booty point that uh, Sills made about, you know, the, the Olympics, we saw a lot of lemon booty and that was an old team. That was a team full of vets, a lot of players that are going to be at this World Cup. So like- Was it lemon booty at, or was it people were injured well, and not running to the speed and emptying the take after the game? I'm going to I'm gonna hit the, uh, I'm going to say D above all, like <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> so I guess my concern, um, yeah, I think with Nair's positioning, a lot of it's happened because, yeah, I didn't even think about that. The- the back line is a mess. Um, it is not the back line she played with in Chicago. Um, the midfield's also a mess. Midfields are important, and we'll get into that. Um, but I think it's also, like, when you're midfield, when the whole team's a mess, the ball comes to you quick, and you got, like, a millisecond to make a decision or it's a goal. 
So I think that's part of the issue in the chaos. I think Nair is okay because there have been games that she's been standing on her head multiple times. Um, that even if they get whooped, she's had to stop plenty of goals that she'll play behind her legit back line. Now, the issue, though, is who is the Becky? Who is it going to be? And, um, and Kelly? Kelly Wait, can't I, add 90? I think I have an answer for that, though. What? Who? I genuinely think it could be Alana Cook. Okay. Look, I uh, I know she does not have World Cup experience. However, she has also played in, like, think about big moment games. That's Alana true, Cook true. has played in a lot of big moment games when she was playing with PSG, playing in Champions League. Yes, I know it's not a direct one-to-one translation. Um, also, even though this pains me to say, like, Crystal Dunn. <laughs> like, I know she does not think as a defender, but in terms of, like, look, we said she has different energy <laughs> after having Marcel and becoming a mom. Look, she just might have that black mama look of, like, get in line. I'm hot so right now. So it's going to have to be a lot, a lot of talking. It's gonna, that's going to be interesting. So... They'll have to be. They'll have to get their communication down in the next three weeks. Um, but then also, I guess who is the backup? Because yeah, you didn't take. You didn't put nobody in the game. <laughs> and the person you put in the game, you up here blaming her for her GM's mistakes. So we'll we'll see what Murphy look what look like at Kingsbury. We we hope everybody stay upright. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about the defense because I think this is where like the biggest conversation is going to be because like we brought it up and talking about the goalkeepers a lot and for good reason because there are a lot of questions, particularly without Becky. I think, you know, for, for me, one, like if you want to see the impact of a good center back, you can like look at a back line without them. And I think even as good as the Portland Thorns are, you can tell they are defensively real frail without Becky. They're like sus. they leak goals. Yeah, they they they're flying around. They don't have any direction, no leadership. They don't really know what they're doing. So like, and Becky's gonna be out of this World Cup that was announced well before this. So we we've, we've known that. My question is, so here is my thing, and I want to get Sil's reaction to this because it felt like okay, what what's Becky's thing, right? It's positioning, it's leadership from the back line, making sure everybody's organized and aware of what's coming, being able to defend well one v one anticipate play those kinds of things that you expect from like a a leader captain there's a reason she earned that captain's armband right so like you need a defender who's going to do similar things and then you leave our best defender like one of our best defenders at home I know Kruger isn't like a straight up center back but you know even Ananovsky has said that she's our best 1v1 defender and Davidson as well I think Tierna Davidson you know there's a lot to talk about in terms of how the Red Stars have been this season. She hasn't been her best, but just like we talked about, neither is a listen there. She's going no matter what, which obviously different positions, but I still think passing-wise, winning headers-wise, kind of things like that, Davidson would be an interesting one. And instead, we have O'Hara and Sonnet, I guess, is supposed to play some center back. He also said Julie Ertz might play Bruh. some center back, which <laughs> I got questions. Julie ain't played center back since she was Julie Beth Johnston. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> right Ex- or except for that what um do you guys remember in 2019 i actually re- specifically we don't talk this about was... we don't talk about pre-2019 no things, no no like, no, no, no okay <laughs> no i'm talking no i'm talking very specifically about like 2019 world cup mm. this was the us's game plan right remember score early and then oh, julie yeah. would literally drop and they'd have three the back, like they baby. went to the five of the five back at the yeah. back baby Too so early. it's like ha- i mean and and let's be real they would do it at like the 15th minute right it was disgusting it was too early (laughs) but like do i agree with that no i also think i would probably feel differently about it if we saw julie Ertz putting in multiple 90s 
Like she's got a whole I, thigh injury. So I think it's like, but also like thinking about okay, let's think how this <laughs> defense works. I don't think this guy is switching formations. However, he has brought Julie Ertz, which we know, even when Julie Ertz is seventy five percent, is different than some people's one hundred percent. But he also did bring Andy Sullivan. Like, if he's like, the U.S. is just going to suffer ball through this tournament and hit people on the counter, which, to be fair, they very much could do if you play a Lynn Williams and Alyssa Thompson together or a Lynn Williams. And you can have many iterations of that, like five out of them, six front line who Ooh, are four. still very, very quick. <laughs> four. four? The, the young ones are fast. Oh, yeah. four correct <laughs> four out of six no. i was thinking it was like who i was like who am i missing um <laughs> and so you could try to deploy a counterattack. i i know we're moving up the field um but yeah i it's also confusing because i brought tierna at to be like the next becky right that's why she went 2019 was the youngest player but like and her getting left off the roster while it might be a little bit harsh i kind of i i mean i understood it a little bit um but also, at the same time, it's like, I mean, I think your starting center back pairing is Naomi Gurma and Alana Cook, and it's just like, they're going to trial by fire and like learn on the fly, and it's kind of unfair to ask them to play like five, six, seven, 90-minute games, but they're also under the age of 25, so. Yep, they about to yeah. learn today! They can't, better get that big game! Can't wait till we start breaking defenders, like we've been right. breaking midfielders. It's going to be super fun for us. Um... Okay, a few things. One, I do think Becky's late scratch, essentially, changed some dynamics. I personally think if Becky goes, Casey Kruger goes. Um, I've heard people talk a lot about O'Hara's leadership, and I'm not discounting that. I'm waiting for people to talk about the football. Come on now. What does the football look like? Like, And I'm talking about this across the board. I can go each line and do this. The experience is great, but whoever wins this World Cup is going to be about the football. Like, this is is the most – talent parity wise yes that this sport has had and this is the first world cup where there's 32 teams there is no third place anymore you got to be first or second in your group um now we're fortunate in that with the number one ranking we got the easier side of the bracket right but i also worry that having a easier group does not prepare us for the knockouts yeah and i'm very concerned that in 2023 the answer to spelling are two t- center backs who are under 25 is to play Emily Sonnet, who's been playing midfield the entire year for oil rain. And again, Julie Beth, who ain't seen that center back spot for any long period of time since her husband won a Super Bowl. Like, I'm I'm concerned with the, the strategy there. Um, and if you really needed versatility in a backup, Davidson can also play left back. There is no real replacement for Dunn. Crystal Dunn's playing every second of every game. Right. Well, it's like, not unless Emily he Fox. decides unless he remembers Emily Fox is left back and it doesn't feel like he believes that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that part. I, I was going to say, my other the thing that's kind of concerning is you don't take Kruger. So when we talk about outside backs, like, yeah, Kelly hasn't played. And the form, when I saw her play, hasn't been that great. Um, If you put Fox on the right, she's going to go on a journey. So what that's going to look like um, when she journeys. Um, Crystal Dunn can't midfield because she's going to have to left back. Um, Are you going to play Sofia Huerta? I'm gonna need you not to not forget forget about her. Um, I need you not don't seven minutes, Sophia Huerta. Um, and then yeah, like what are you doing with Sonic? Because Sonic has been a liability in some games, um, as one person knows here. Um, <laughs> repeatedly. 
So what are you doing? Is she playing on defense? You don't have faith in her to be a center back. So then what's she going to be in the midfield? Like, what's going on? I'm concerned. I also want to say with Sonnet, and this is something because um, a few of my coworkers asked me because I'm our resident women's soccer expert. Um, it's one thing that's really striking to me about Sonnet, besides the fact that she, I mean, we all know that she like literally won an NWSL championship as a center back, but it's like she's also really never played on the national team as a center back. And to me, that's like really striking of like, okay, there are two things going on here. Either you don't trust her as a center back on the national team, which like, I don't know, seems a little iffy, but it's all, or to me, the more concerning one is that you thought her skills were better suited as an outside back when it's very clear if you watch her play anywhere outside of Sweden, I don't know why she just, lo- she does better at outside back in Sweden, but if you ever watch her play in the NWSL, it is clear that her strongest position is center back. And it's like, to me, that's a question that hasn't necessarily been, maybe been raised of like, when it's clear, this is her best position. And sorry, I meant like raised to like Vlaco and them. Oh yeah. Of like, it's her best position as center back. Why is she never deployed in this way? Is it because of previous center back depth where you always had Becky and then had Julie and then Naomi came along and Tierna and all that. But like, there's just to me a lot of questions to, like of like why was she never never tried once here here's my here is my glaring thing with her and i'm saying this is Noel rain fan so she plays on my team right now y'all know where y'all know what i said at the draft <laughs> y'all heard me i'm sure <laughs> but here's my thing with sonnet the coach of my team is probably a better national team whisperer than just about any coach she's done it for labelle she's done it for where to a few others right sonnet came into that team and plays midfield because she's not good enough to unseat Sam Hyatt, who isn't getting called in. Like, Laura literally made a decision early. I cannot break up Hyatt and Cook. And so that costs Vandriot, who I think is a fantastic six. Um, but it says something to me that Laura Harvey won't play her at center back. And I think Laura Harvey's a better coach than Blacker. Straight up. I think she's better at tactics. I think she's better at identifying talent. And she's been in that U.S. system. She's seen Sonnet play. It's telling to me that she'd rather try her as a six. That is my apprehension as an Oil Rain fan, straight up. I don't have any animus toward Emily Sonnet. I'm just being very real right now. Um, and that she is the only true center back that we have to back up. Naomi and Alana lets me know that he has the full expectation that Naomi and Alana are pretty much playing every every game night. Like, I don't really see them getting a blow. And thank you for the correction, Andre. Alana just turned 26. But I think we're under the impression that because players are young, they can go forever. And that's really bothersome because I'm going to name off some people right now. Abby Dahlkemper, Sam Mewis. We don't know what Roosevelt looks like. And that's just naming a few. Haran's on one good leg at this point. And that's the Leon staff, if you want to ask me. Um, We break players. We've broken a lot of midfielders. And my fear is we're going to start breaking defenders. I'm really concerned without Don Scott, how we're going about this. The fitness and the mental health, right? Like, we didn't take a psychologist to the Olympics. Somebody's going to write a tell-all book about that Olympic experience one day, and we're going to learn so, so much about how horrible it was. Um, but I, I just, no one seems to trust it. Jill didn't trust it because in that final in 2019, when we needed a backup, Allie Krieger went in that game. It wasn't Emily Sonic. Jill Ellis, who can't stand Allie Krieger, said, I'd rather put Allie Krieger in that game. And she was right. She was right. Allie did a job. Um, so I think that gives me pause particularly outside back, because you're asking that to back up Crystal Dunn and the drop-off is a little too much for me. 
That's that's my opinion. And we're at the point where again, Julie Art, who hasn't played center back since she's been Julie Art, <laughs> is the option. And I'm just very, very confused by that game plan. Well, here's my question about the whole Julie Ertz playing center back thing is which line is she supposed to save? I thought she was supposed to save the midfield. She's supposed to save the the, the back line too. I, I you can only pick one. Uh, he said, "Man, and tell your mama to get in." Yo, there. I'm stressed. Uh, <laughs> I'm stressed. <laughs> Yo, this, I, I no, didn't even think about that. We're going to yeah, see. I, I, I legit don't understand. Like, she can't be the answer for both. Said, like, that's not said, how yes, it's going to work. She, he said, "Yes, she can." <laughs> we, we are quite simply going to see 2019 tactics again, but the difference is, is that like our our defense is not as good. Our no. midfield is not as good. Like there is, we do not have a Sam. There is a reason Samantha why with, with Sam Mewis and Roosevelt, Julie could drop into that back line and we could do three, basically five at the back. Now if we have a super healthy Rose. I do believe we do. We can do that, but we don't have a super healthy Rose right now. We don't have Sam. Now look, if you want to put Andy in there, I like that can work. However, it's like there, <laughs> there are just too many cracks, like, in the system and in the line however you brought up Allie Krieger and Allie Krieger has actually been having a fantastic two years for Gotham but she just very recently had got injured I'm like were you thinking about it my guy was it in the back of your brain Becky is injured wouldn't wouldn't be the first time a coach had (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't be the first time time. and look she's a great defender she knows how to step she's probably the closest to Becky in that regard and she still has speed right because she was so fast that even diminished speed for her is still probably faster than a lot of like, yeah, she got and she, she was still good. And actually, very funny enough is that when Gotham was in the mud, like really, really bad in the mud, she actually stepped into the six role. Mm-hmm. was actually like really good at it. I was because like she can defend her front and her back. What she's also Ooh. just a, a smart footballer and can pat that like too. long ball. Like she can do, she can actually do all the things that sometimes we ask of a six. But yeah, I'm like Allie Krieger just very recently got injured. Was it a question in the back of that guy's mind? Like, I know everyone was like, it it needed to be. Well, I mean, if we ain't, if we're not calling up people, if we're it calling looks- up uncapped people, right? And we're getting to that in a second. We're calling up the uncapped, and it's based on league performance. I know two very good center backs. Oh, named Sam Stop, named Sam Stop, and Sarah Gordon. Oh, probably should have at least gotten a look. Because mm. you know what Sarah Gordon does? Shut down everybody's best player. All the your front line person, players. The she does. only person who ever got one this season on Sarah Gordon is Messiah Bray. Mm-hmm. And she just pumped her, which was amazing. Like, but like, she shut down Rodman. She shut down Shaw. She shut down Morgan. She shut down Carolyn. Carolyn didn't score against Kansas City for as many problems as Kansas City has. She ain't scored that day. I've seen her cover Katoto and Diani with her B team in Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, by herself. No, that was. And with Sam Stop, <laughs> she can do a job defensively. But if you're talking about yeah. specialists, have you seen her set pieces? That right, left right. foot. That foot is yeah. deadly. That and left foot. It's a hell of a compliment deadly. to Sofia Huerta. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I completely agree with all of that. I am. I, we we don't get into how many you know games there were, how much time there was, because I I do understand that some people will say like, well, COVID messed up the timeline. And yeah, sure, but there were plenty of games in between the Olympics and and right now, and and I actually I counted, so we'll get into that. I just want to touch on uh, um, two two things that I have. I want to talk about um, Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet because I have if people follow me, they know they ain't my favorite players in terms of like being on the national team. When they're here with the Spirit, I thought they were great. They did a very good job. The Spirit, you know, rode them 
and everything they brought to that 2021 championship. And that was dope. Um, I appreciated that. On the national team scene, though, especially in 2023, I have questions. And my main question for Kelly is like, one, health, right? She doesn't play much. She played, started three games last season. She started more this season, but in terms of full 90s, not that many. Um, because when you look at her minutes total, it's like half of what you would expect from a from a player like who's actually in form and earning a call up. But my biggest problem, I think, with Kelly is that she is at her best right now where she's at physically when a team has possession and she can get high in attack. She can't recover and defend anymore. So and leadership doesn't help that the teams that you're going to be facing where you're going to need need that leadership. She can't be on the pitch because she can't defend. We don't need that versus Vietnam. No, no shade to them, but we, we're not going to need her to be a quote unquote leader, you know, in that instance. But when we play teams that are going to pin us back a bit, have the ability to, she can't be on the pitch. She gets she gets beat 1v1. My other thing with Sonnet is people love to bring up versatility is the reason why Sonnet is, goes there. She can, she, they just throw out, I love how it happens too. I, I love that they, they're just like, she can play defensive midfield, center back, outside back. And I'm well, like, which one of those does she do well? <laughs> well, you can say she plays center back in the versatility, well. right? Like they, if you're going to play her about, as a six, it has to be a double pivot. She cannot be a six by herself. Ask me how I know. Right. You know, because you remember that the oil rain loss to Washington Spirit Bro, with that one nil game because <laughs> she was high up the pitch defending a throw-in in their in the the spirit's own half, a throw in on the side, and she was way up. And Trinity Robin got the ball turned around, and there was nobody in the middle of the pitch, so she just ran straight in the middle of it. I mean, you your six can't do that. And Gotham somehow be a well ran like four nil that one yeah, time, and they buddy. were like yeah, yeah. beasting I mean, in the midfield. Like, okay, so she don't do that well outside back. We've already talked about that center back. That's been her best position, but like Silv said on the national team, she doesn't really get those looks. So the question is when does versatility hurt? Like people talk about Crystal Dunn's versatility. That's actual versatility. You can play her in midfield. You can play her in the forward line. You can play her at left back, but they don't do that. They only bring her and say, you're going to play left back. But Sonnet, they're like, oh, she can play anywhere. She cannot. Because <laughs> we have seen it. Imagine having a utility player like Crystal Dunn and then telling me Sonnet is that. She's not. Exactly. She's not, not from exactly. the same and it's, not fair to, and it's not fair to her. It's really fucking hard to do what Crystal Dunn does. Correct. Right. We had Kaya on a watch along once, right? And she talked about yeah. that. Like she's like, I do not understand how Crystal Dunn does that. Because she is a center back. She's like, at most I could push up into the six, right? Because in theory, as long as you can guard your back in your front, it's pretty much the same defensive positioning, right? It's one of the more natural transitions. And this is my argument for if we can't get Hal or Coffee or Lil Thompson in in the next, you know, three to five years, push Naomi Garma up ain't the worst idea in the world. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> don't get no ideas, Wave. They won't, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but my like, yeah. When people say she's a utility player, I'm like, okay. But what's what? It, what position is she better in than the people who are ahead of her in that depth chart? And the answer is none. And I again, I know because we're two coaches into this, and neither one seems to trust her enough to actually use her in that way. Meanwhile, Crystal Dunn's actually good on all three lines, and you keep her as a left back. Yep. And, and if she playing... is a utility player, when we using when we utilizing the other skills. Yeah, because Lord and Jesus. That's been my biggest problem with, with the whole Sonnet thing is that she gets credit for the versatility when she doesn't do any of the three well as good as Crystal plays her third or fourth best position well. Right. 
And and yet we don't lean on Crystal to do anything else other than play left back. And I think it's just a, a it's a really backwards and misguided way to look at versatility. Just because you see a player play somewhere, you assume that they're very good in that position. And I can pull up the stats. I can pull up the numbers. Sana has her best season has been as a center back when she's with this with the Spirit Squad next to Sam Stone. Mm-hmm. That was her best season, and she still wasn't getting national team looks at center back for reasons. So, like that's that's what's always kind of bothered me um, about that whole discussion uh, and and the why reason pipe people try to justify bringing Sonnet when you could say instead bring Casey Kruger. We know she can shut things down on as an outside back. That's a guaranteed position. Like that's a good slot to have and for somebody to come in so that they can actually defend because that's what we're going to need to do. Um, any last thoughts before we move on to midfield? I see Sylvs is shaking her head. I'm also um, Casey Kruger you know. shut, shut down Alyssa Thompson. Yeah, she, she did. She couldn't score. Really if he, in that crazy 2-1 yeah. game, that's yeah. why. The, there's really a reason job. why she attacked at the other side, how Sid got yeah, that goal. She, that was not on yeah. Casey Kruger's side. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess my other fear with this back line, thinking about some of the best wingers in the world, some of the best attackers in the world, who's fast? Crystal. Oh. Yeah. Crystal and Germa. That's not good enough. Is Alana not fast? I feel like she's like she's center back fast, but yeah, yeah, she's not. She's not running the track meet. We're worried about how you step. Like we not Becky Sabrina ain't never been nobody's fast. Like I'm worried about how you step. She she gonna get Fox ain't lightning fast. Uh, you know who's fast. And it's, I mean, technically it's transitioning us, but uh, Lynn Williams is really fast, and so is Trinity Rodman. And I know I've said this on this podcast a bunch of times, but at times their defensive work really, really matters, and I am not surprised at all, because also we've seen this from Vlaco before. Like, when Lynn was injured, all the plans Vlaco made did, against quality competition mm-hmm. did not work. Nope. But Lynn comes in, and she is somehow the secret sauce to all of his plans, but also a big part of that is her getting back and defending. But also, I think that's going to be a thing not only for Lynn, but I expect that from, honestly, for Alyssa. I also expect that for Trinity Rodman. And I expect that, who am I missing? Who's, nah, who's Sophia's, Sophia's got to score to go. Oh, no, no, I was score. like, Sophia's not yeah. going to come Somebody back to score, yeah. <laughs> She might come back in, in pressure, but like in terms but, of yeah. who's on the wing coming back to defend, I very it's much Lynn expect and that. Alyssa. I very out of much Lynn, that. Alyssa, and, and Trinity as Trinity. well. Yep. She yep. often does that for club. Like... Again, another thing that can easily be exploited by anyone who's like Ooh, that space paying attention, like paying attention <laughs> to this national team for a good amount of time. Um, but yeah, like that's also a part of the defense too. Like I, Lynn Williams is going to her heat map for across this tournament is going to be insane, and the same for Trinity and the same for Alyssa when they get playing time as well. Well, and I guess, and we'll talk about this more, I guess, when we get to the front line. I think my other issue, right, we're not going to be a possession, right? And so I think speaking to the defense, speaking to, like, that is when Kelly O'Hara is at her best, my other thing is going to be with that back line. And I think it'll start from the front. Are we actually going to press? Because this team works best when we're pressing. Kelly ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Like, (laughs) I'm not trying, like, I'm being very serious. Like, who's pressing on that back line? Like, what does the press... I wasn't ready, I'm sorry. She doesn't, though. Like... I'm with you, I just... Who's pressing with that back line? Like, I'm very serious. Who's doing that? Who's good on the ball? 
who's keeping possession at that back line if we're asking the front and maybe that midfield to press because that's when we're going to get our goals, right? That front line is built for counterattacking. Let's be very serious. Um, And I don't know what that back line looks like in the press. I'm a little nervous. That's me. Yeah, You know what? I think this is a good time to move on to the midfield Uh, because I do think like the point about the... (laughs) Everybody just groaned. Uh, I, I do think the the point about we're not going to be a possession team is kind of important because I, we could be right. <laughs> like that's kind of that's kind of my thing, and where I've always been met. Like I wasn't really upset with the players that were selected here because, like, for me, like it's the players we got. Like he fucked up the ability to like bring in players a long time ago, so I didn't expect him to suddenly be like, oh yeah, let's bring in Sam Coffee. Let's take a look at Jalen Howell. You know, two players who's profiles we don't necessarily have of um, a defensive midfield metronome and a straight up midfield murder factory and Jalen Howe who just goes out and murder ball baby up. that's my girl yeah, yeah. She, she's she gangster she just goes Jalen Howe said I'm winning the game who would take care of all the other stuff and tell her go she'll tear Jaylen it up Jalen Howe said I'm winning the game or the fight yeah. <laughs> we getting red or we she heard daddy's daughter on yeah, that one yeah, I'm winning the game yeah. or the fight baby right it's the yeah. and, I, and I'm actually here for that energy and it would come in handy but we ain't gonna have that and like I said I mean he messed that up a long time ago so really we got basically exactly what we thought uh DeMello gets in uh uncapped which okay I said I told y'all I did I did the math before so let, let me just go ahead and say she is uncapped all right in the span between the Olympics and right now the U.S. Women's National Team has played 31 games. You cannot be fucking serious. I'm sorry. Okay. In the span between the CONCACAF W Championship and right now, they have played 13 games. This is why I get a little bit hesitant when people talk about, you know, the like COVID messed things up or he didn't have enough time to really integrate new players. You know, sorry, Sam Coffey could come in, but he could only get a look at her in training. Didn't really have the time to put actually put her in the put her in like multiple camps, put her in games and work with her. To me, we, our best midfielders are very young right now. And you could see that how the mellow and coffee are special and you want them in the camp. You want them familiar in the environment, but he called them up, looked at them and then sent them back. And now all of a sudden, because of Rose's injury, we're like, oh no, DeMello, come on, come on, get in here, get in here. Even though you don't have any caps. And I just feel like it, to me, it's just indicative of the entire like mess up with the midfield, the transition ever since 2019. Um, Courtney, your thoughts? Um, it's Savannah DeMello, Shannon Box. It's like it's a genuine question because Shannon Box was the last player to get called up to a national team, like literally World Cup roster being uncapped. And obviously, we saw what Shannon Box went on to do and basically reinvented the position. However, that's like not like Boxy did that. We're not 2003. We're actually a full two decades past that. Um, where, like, obviously a lot has happened in the world. So, yeah, like the... <laughs> I mean, and look, I am a big fan of Savannah DeMello. I'm a part of the hive. I think she eats. However, you can't tell me that you're like, we need a midfielder. Huh. We have one at left back who solves a lot of our problems. And also frees up other players because you can't tell me that if they call in Crystal Dunn as a midfielder, they're either not going to call in Casey Kruger, who we know is fantastic, or Carson Pickett, who also fit, fits your system. Like, you can't tell me that. And so it's like, I'm happy for Savannah to get called in. Like, she has been, she has set the league on fire and has been really, really good for a Louisville side where we have consistently been like, what's going on over there? We don't really know. 
but she's been fantastic for them and deserves to be on the national team. But it goes back to your point, Andre, of, okay, why wasn't she called in before? Or why are these players only called in once? Because you know you can, like, the U.S. has... I don't think it's a hot take saying the U.S. probably has, like, on the women's side, has the most money of any federation in the world. You can yeah. bring in more players as practice players. You, you've you done it before. You can bring in more players as practice players. And I don't know, maybe now there's some, like, there's a, maybe a limit because of the CBA agreement or something like that. But it's like, to me, it fundamentally does not make sense why these players are not being brought in. Like, wasn't that the whole point of January camp, right? Like, obviously, outside of, a like, a World Cup year, like, all those other January camps are supposed to be for normally just, like, NWSL players who are good enough to be on the national team who you want to get other looks at to see how they fit in the system. Like, to me, it's just, like, the... It's funny. It's, like, COVID messed up the pipeline, but it's, like, also, no, it no it didn't. Like, yes, you had a whole year where, obviously, like, stuff... COVID happened and, to, like, players weren't playing in the same way, but also, at the same time, like, you still weren't bringing along new players in post 2019 yeah i have a few thoughts about that um so first of all andre and i might be charter members of the demello hive um part of why i love i love demello is she's not supposed to be here right we know how this federation works they have very much preordained who they want on this national team and she was never in that picture and she said that's okay i'll ball out you'll see and she earned her spot there are people, I can question whether they earn their spot or not, however you want to look at it. She ain't one of them. Having said that, the time to bring in young players was the camp immediately after the 2019 World Cup. If you weren't going to do that, once COVID hit, you needed to make a decision. We needed to eat the Olympics. Australia did it. Australia said, listen, if we get a medal, we get a medal. But we're hosting the World Cup. We cannot afford to suck in 2023, so we will eat 2021. It's not the end of the world. And they still got fourth place, but they knew that. Three, he called DeMello into two camps and played her not a single second. That's on him. That's on him. She is uncapped because you made choices. Um, and now you're going to ask her to do a job in particular because you're bitten. <laughs> you. <laughs> because you. <laughs> and then told us it was a knock minor knock and if it had been a world cup she would have played she got back to seattle and that was not the prognosis somebody lying and my team don't lie about injuries like that's not their track record i got receipts like we let pino sit out a year get out of my face we we will always let you heal um like pino on that tim duncan uh plan at this point and so one you knew the midfield was going to be your problem area right a big part of this is, listen, we have been ravaged with injury, just like other teams in the world, major opponents. We had to deal with COVID. So did every other fucking team in the world. Some of them managed to get it together. Eng England's managed to make their team younger and won a Euros in the process. Whether you think they should have or not, it's not the point. Spain has massive ridiculousness going on, but it's forced them to play younger players. Like Salma's going to the World Cup. Linda Caicedo will be playing in her third World Cup. It like a calendar year, something <laughs> close to that. And again, nobody's talent pool is as deep as ours. Better, we can have a conversation, but it ain't, nobody has a deeper talent pool. Yay, Title IX, right? That preliminary roster last year in January was like 50, what, 7, 59 players, something like that. Yeah. I don't think we called it championship. Yeah. I don't think we called in half those players. And we didn't call in half. Yeah, we didn't call in half. I don't think we called in half. 
Um, and I know some of those players fit the profile of the system he wants to run. Now, I will give him the benefit of the doubt on this. The system that he installed when he became coach was very much a system built for veterans who've played a lot of professional soccer, who've played in World Cups, who've played in Olympics, and know how to switch positions in-game. They're confident enough in their skills. They're confident enough in a big moment to do that. That is not the same system you run when you have about a third of your squad that's under 25. It's just not the same system. You can't play the same way. And I think he's been very hesitant to change that. Um, and it's not, again, it's not a lack of talent. It's not. But I don't think, I think he struggles to bring talent along and that's exasperated by the fact that he doesn't have the ability to have his hands on players every day. He's moving like a club coach on the national team. And when you're being asked to do a rebuild, that's really hard. And you're asking players who don't necessarily play in their natural positions on their club team to come in and do a job. They're not there yet, right? And I think this is a conversation about not just bringing in players and looking at them, but what is his ability to, to develop? How many players have gotten better on his watch? Because I would argue on the national team, I think Rodman's worse. Like, I don't know what Thompson's going to look like. Mal balled at Chicago and went to go work with a coach. I don't want to say his name. But, like, she did the work on her own, and she had been there before. And she had been snubbed. Some of that was personal. I, I just don't think we've built an infrastructure that allows him to bring young players along in the system that he has created, whatever that might be, because you tell me. Um, and he hasn't been to, built a midfield. Here, here's the reality. There's a very real chance that our starting midfield in one of these games is going to be Julie Ertz, Rose Lavelle, and Lindsey Horan. None of them are 100%, and that's the exact same midfield we had in the semifinal against England in 2019. But we're getting younger. That's the exact same midfield. That's the exact same number nine. The only two people you're changing are your Uyghurs. There's no heat. There's no press now. So you're probably going to do what? Smith and Rodman? That's literally the only thing you've changed in attack. It's not supposed yeah. to be that way. Crystal Lamb's not supposed to still be a left back. That was a band-aid for 2019. Yep. And you the rest of the world moved past it. it. You yeah, have yeah. Mm-hmm. left backs now. And the world has figured it out. Yeah, Just as we figured out, quote-unquote, these European teams, they figured us out too. We're real predictable. Yeah, we're running the same system. Whatever the system is, literally, I've witnessed multiple coaches run their B teams, C teams, D teams at us. We're struggling to beat teams we used to eat. And we're going to take this shit to the Olympics with players who aren't healthy. I think that's my biggest problem with the midfield. You're going to have all these gaps. And then on top of having a shaky defense, you're going to have people who aren't healthy possibly get injured. So as Kelly gets cooked, and then you got Julie trying to cover ground, Andy trying to cover ground, Rose trying to cover ground. I was about to say potato. Lindsay trying to cover down. You're gonna have people falling on the ground. And like, what are you're gonna have spacing issues that then impact the attack? And then the only person who can go try to put the ball in the net is a Sophia or a Alex. Like, what are what are we doing? And and what worries me a bit in the midfield as well, we have three number tens. Yeah. So that's my, that was going to be my next point. Yes. And the best defender of the three is the one that's the most hurt. That is not an exciting proposition. And really she became, she moved from a 10 to an eight because of Laura. Yeah. Laura Harvey. And then, (laughs) and then also because Sam Mewis got injured and she was like, I I need to fully midfield. I can't just focus on going forward. Of all the injuries we have. And I know Kat and Mal matter. Sam Mewis is the biggest miss. We miss 100%. Sam Mewis. Yeah, because we don't really have another. We don't have we don't have another one. one of those. That yeah, six foot they, they, can run down the. 
to me, Samuel is running at you at full speed is like LeBron coming at you on a fast break. Yes. You make a it's business terrible. decision to get the fuck out the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that's coming. Yes. I don't want that. It's very useful. Yeah. yeah. We don't have yeah. another one of those. That's yeah. good on the ball. Well, mm-hmm. Also, my question is, so, the system. So, well, yeah. they tried to make yeah. another one. So, God's that was my so that was Taylor my problem with Korniak. like, but why I kind of like shrug my shoulders so at like bad. the midfield construction is that we spent all this time trying to replace, you know, uh, trying to replace the wrong players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody was yelling at Andy Sullivan when it's like Sam Mewis. We don't have a Sam Mewis. Linda Duran can't. We're not. First of all, not even asking her to play like Sam Mewis. But second of all, like she she can't and. People get, I know people get mad at me when I talk about Iran because they think I got something personal against her. Like, I, I promise you, my brain is developed enough to hold two things and analyze from two different spaces. I can promise I can let something go and analyze objectively. I've been listening to the dudes on the on the Total Soccer, Soccer Show. Joseph Lowry been saying the same damn thing as I've been saying is the problem with Haran is dynamism. She's lost a lot of mobility with her injuries. You need somebody who's dynamic in midfield to be able to play that box-to-box role. She can't do that anymore. You get her high, we turn the ball over, she's nowhere to be found. Now we got problems. <laughs> now you're asking one midfielder to cover all that space. Again, I wrote about it. That's not exactly how it worked when we had Sam Mewis there. Other players got high, and even when she did, she was able to help recover her position. That was what was so crazy about Sam Mewis. It wasn't just that she was big. It was she was mobile and she could she could pass. She could make runs. She was good with the ball. We don't have that combination no. right now. You could have somebody in like a Crystal Dunn. You know, we could have somebody else who who could do some of these things. Or you could change the system and go four two three one <gasps> so that you could kind of have some defensive stability and probably help out you a little bit. With ball you could have put coffee in that role. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Midfield metronome, still very good defensively. Is It's hard to get by. Then you put her, pair her next to somebody who's just a pure ball winner. You're like, yes, that would work. But again, to me, the big, big problem is you just have not at all gone about transitioning this midfield in any way. Um. Well, so I will say this. They did bring Christy Mewis. But my thing is, I just don't think he's going to start Christy Mewis. Because I was like, the thing is, while Christy and Sam are completely different players, if, like, Christy can midfield and midfields well for Gotham. She does the job that she's supposed to do, which is, like, being a, a truly a true eight. And she does it well. But the thing is, and it's like, and that's in theory why you're, you brought her on the roster, right? But the thing is, we have two things. One, we have seen her be deployed as a six on the national team, which is like, Stop trying to make everyone a six. Just call up a a proper number six. It's not hard. It's literally not hard. Or just like, if we know that a player like Lindsay Horan is not as mobile as she needs to be, and I mean, I've banged this drum a billion times that Lindsay Horan works really well on dominant possession-based teams, which the U.S. at the, the time is just not. But even like on Portland, Portland was such a dominant team where it was attacking all the time while it wasn't like, the same as Leon, she's still on these quote unquote super teams where they just attack, 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 and that's why she flourishes on them. And she only has to spend, I'm gonna say, ten percent of the games this season being super positionally um, diligent and you know having to at times defend. But it's like you brought a player like Christy Mewis, but it's also like I'm not super confident that you are going to play her as a traditional number eight because it's like you have a person on the roster 
like unless something wild happens, this roster is not changing. You have a player like Christy Mewis who can play on the left, like is can get box to box if you need her to, can also play a great long ball, which we have seen the US deploy at times of being long ball FC. Like, but I also have no confidence that he's actually going to deploy her in the right way to make it work. Can I ask y'all a serious question? Yeah. Do, do you think he knows what an eight is? <laughs> because it's I don't know if I've seen question. him truly deploy an eight. <laughs> um, I'm being really serious. Who's the last yeah. Sam outside of Sam Mewis existing, right? And he inherited that. I don't think I've ever actually seen him deploy an eight. He loves a double pivot. I mean, but not he, like an actual double pivot. Yeah, it's like a double pivot. It's like a one and a half pivot. And like Rose was ball carrying. And I'm like, okay, but Rose isn't an eight. She can do it. But now you're taking away her creativity, which is what you want Rose Lavelle to do. Because, oh, by the way, you don't have a lot of creative players either. Because one, the US system doesn't really allow for creativity, if we're being very honest. It is absolutely assimilate and be a robot and do it this way, and if you have the audacity to shoot, or cross somebody up, or make a make a dummy pass, or anything like that, you get, like, three of those, and, like, two and a half of them gotta be white, right? Like, you can't, we don't allow for a lot of creativity. We don't allow for a lot of things outside of whatever system we're in, and that's been true pretty much through the existence of the women's national team, right? It is all about conformity. Conformity, 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 because you're mentality monsters, you're gonna be in the best shape, you're the best athletes, you're this, everybody falls in line. And so, one, the game has changed. You can't do that anymore. But two, you're taking away the best things about Rose Lavelle because you don't know how to use an eight. I don't even know if you know what an eight is. I'm just being really serious. I have basic, like, tactical questions for this man. Well, and, and I mean, I know I'm still banging this drum, but also, like, you're taking away the, also, like, the best things of a Crystal Dunn, but also an Andy Sullivan, like, we know Andy can also, while she's great at six, she's, Andy Sullivan is also a fantastic eight, too. When she gets box to box and just uh, decides to start cracking heads, like, it's, it works really, really well, but, and it's still to go back to your point of, like, basic tactical questions, am I confident he's going to do this? No. Like, I have zero. I have no. more confidence of myself somehow landing up in New Zealand, them well, than him doing these actual tactical questions well and, and like answering thing. them i think he looks at andy sullivan in dc and thinks she's a six and i'm like okay but she's playing eight a lot like it's not actually the sixth position she's just a really good defensive eight like and i don't i don't know if he knows the difference like i'm i'm genuinely concerned there because as i think about that after sam you is he ain't played nobody as a true eight he has it and part of that was we didn't have julia Ertz and she was the, like that 2019 team was built around Julie Ertz. Let's be very real. Um, and so he's been trying to replace that. And I'm like, like you said, Andre, but you needed to be replacing Sam Mewis. Like that's the other engine that makes everything go. Like I ain't Jill's biggest fan. She was absolutely right about that. And she was, was like midfield Sam three. over Lindsay in most games because, because of that. And then when you're more possession-based attack minded, you can slip Lindsay Horan in there. And the truth of the matter is we all know Lindsay Horan just wants to score goals. Let her be free. Is she the backup nine? Maybe she's the backup nine. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, it wouldn't be worse. Well, actually, no, because she's not mobile. She right. Mobile. I was going to say Lindsay Duran of a few years ago, maybe. Yeah. But this, well, this if it's Sophia Wertz, if it's Pontius Pilot, she ain't got to move, though. Not Pontius Pilot. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Why do, yeah. 
<laughs> All right, let, let's move to the attack because we are getting long and I, I figured this is going to be the shortest sex, section because I think I think we all agree, like, if we do anything, it's going to be because the attack saves us is kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at it. Like, we got questions on every line, but the attack, the attacking unit is just absolutely absurd. I mean, we got some of the absolute best players on the planet in the attack. So I, I think I need to start off, first of all, with a public service announcement because um, I, I saw some stuff online. If you see it or if anybody says anything or if you were thinking it, uh, keep Alyssa Thompson's name out your mouth if you think that Ashley Hatch should have made it. They played two very different positions. <laughs> That's not quite the way it worked, all right? So, like, as somebody who covers the Watson Spirit either, I ain't got no beef with them leaving Ashley Hatch at home because I understand, like, what you're going to need at this World Cup is your attack to be brilliant, which means you're going to have to find players to create their own shots, press hard, do be able to to manufacture their own chances, or chances for others. That's not really Hatch's game. Hasn't really been. And so this also brings me to another point. I want y'all to, want y'all to vibe with me a little bit because I've, I've hinted at this on the timeline. I am going to write it. I don't know which outlet is going to pay me for it, but I'm going to write it at some point. But my, my, my belief is our front line needs to have Sophia Smith as the nine. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to have Trinity Robin and Lynn Williams as our wings. I think Robin can play on the left, Lynn can play on the right, or they can swap because they like to swap. But either way, I, I still think Robin, for me, Robin cutting in from the left to her right foot is probably a little bit better than what I would like to see. And they're both so defensively sound. And Sophia Smith, kind, she's not Katarina Macario, who is multiple things so good, but she can drop into midfield and carry the ball. And so when we talk about a lack of dynamism in the midfield, I feel like you can make up some of that by having somebody like Sophia Smith do that because the profile that Alex Morgan is, she can't do that right now. Sophia Smith can't, and she's do, she's been doing it for the Portland Thorns for, what, a mm. year and a half now. So um, I wish Midge was healthy. Yeah, I mean, there's a few players up top <laughs> right. that I wish were healthy because it could be more dynamic than it is. Cat number one. Um, okay, so yes, I think the forward line is our least concerning line, right? Um, we have world class players up top. <sighs> One, I, I I told people Thompson was on the plane. People don't listen. One, I've seen that in person more than I've seen most people this year. The first time she made a run, you can ask I the noise I made because I was like, hell, she get there that fast. Like I've never seen a player get from that spot to that spot that fast with the ball at her feet. She is Mal Pugh with the ball at her feet, and it's faster. Um, so I get that. And her work rate is ridiculous, right? And she's 18. She got all the energy in the world. Uh, cause she ain't had like a real government job or nothing else yet. Like she still feels like life is going to be good to her. She had the weight of disappointment <laughs> to kill her joy. That's a beautiful thing about youth. Um, I agree with you. I think Sophia Smith has to be the starting nine. I don't even, I don't, and that's no shade to Morgan, but mm-hmm. one, Morgan's not third out wide. I don't care what y'all tell me. Running from goal post to goal. That's a post route. That's not a wide player. Um, I think you're going to need Morgan. But I, I think, I think one, clearly she's going to play the nine if we're only taking one true nine in Morgan. Yeah. Um, two, who does Hatch scare? So this is, this is my argument about forwards. In the rest of the world, looking at some of the really top level defenders, who is on our front line that scares people? To me, it is specifically Sophia trinity and Alyssa. i think lynn also does but i honestly think he is bringing lynn to be an extra defender 
If yeah. she scores, great. But Lynn ain't going to have a lot of shots. I'm just keeping it a buck with you. Um, she might get some rebounds. She might make a second run here and there. But Lynn Williams is there to defend, and he's been very honest. Lynn has been his girl since he landed, even though he wasn't going to take her if he didn't have 22. But that's neither here nor there in the Olympics. Um, but he trusts mad. Lynn Williams more than he trusts anybody because of that defensive work rate. So I already know what she's about to do. And she knows what she's about to do. And she wants to go to the World Cup, so she'll do it. Um, so we're looking really, especially with Trinity and Elizabeth being asked to defend, the goal scoring is on Sophia Smith. Like, we're asking Sophia Smith to carry the majority of this goal scoring and maybe with the tens. And my other issue with the front line is who popping shots from deep? Alyssa and Trinity maybe? Like, I love Sophia Smith. That's not her game. I love Lynn Williams. That's not her game. I don't know how many minutes Pino's reasonably going to play because I don't actually know how healthy she is. And and bless her, listen, she got a lot of goals and she's been great for this country. That ain't never been Alex Morgan's game. So, like, who has the audacity and who can actually be a threat that's going to pull those defenses and stretch them? Because right now we're asking our wingers to be that. And, again, that's really effective on the counter more than it is anything else, and it's not in possession. And so, again, the front line is what I am least worried about. But, realistically, we got one, maybe two goal scorers, and they're not going to be on the pitch at the same time because we're asking the rest of our defenders to defend, or if we desperate, we bring in a Pino to see if she can hit a world of some sort because we sure as like Laura Harvey asked Rapino to defend about once every 10 games like in 2019 we knew she was a defensive liability that's why we had Sam Mewis play with her almost all the time because Sam Mewis could cover the spaces the Pino was never going to defend you think that got better in four years so I I my fear is that the, the that front line is going to be asked to do a lot of defensive work because we haven't shored up our midfield and our back line and all of the goal scoring is going to fall on Sophia and I already know how this is going to go. That's my favorite. Um, I'm thinking about the last player from the U.S. Women's Ash team who I saw square outside the box, and it was Emily Fox. Yeah. Which also, you not count that Alana Cook banger from half, like the halfway line? <laughs> Remember she hit that bank? She was the one Why goal are you doing Ireland. that? What? what? Oh. I, block, I can't lie. I have to block our two, our two defenders have scored the longest goals this oh, year. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's like also, well, I think part of it's also it's like we're not seeing like Alana Cook does not often take that shot. But when you're asking about like, okay, who's shooting from outside the box? I'm like, okay, cool. I can think of Crystal Dunn who who has the audacity and the skill to make it from mm-hmm. that far. Uh, but she's probably going to be covering a billion yards between the midfield and left back. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, Emily Fox likes to float into spaces, which if I'm any smart tactician who's coming up against the U.S. that is the number one space I'm exploiting. Like, immediately. If it's like, I want to win this game, I'm putting my best, like, my best winger in that space, and we're going to attack it. Plain and simple. Um, So yeah, I completely agree. I think a lot of the goal scoring is going to fall on Sophia's shoulders. Maybe a little bit more with Trinity, depending on how much, like, where and how much she plays. But yeah, I like, I don't know. I think where I go back, Andre, remember a really long time ago, almost a full year ago, when we asked, have lessons been learned? Actually, almost two full mm-hmm. years ago. Two full years ago. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't think any lessons have been learned. And the only, and like, to me, it's clear enough that, like, the only reason why we pushed past the Netherlands was Lynn was like, <laughs> and Sam was like, hi. Um, and, and that's why it worked. 
Because and even then the Netherlands still came back and tied it two two. Like mm-hmm. got out of there by the skin of our teeth. And even if you think about that Australia game, that game ended four three. We had to hit <laughs> like, an Olympico in that game. Like right. <laughs> I, like again that bronze medal that rose, rose gold medal by the skin of their teeth. Like in this tournament is longer and is harder like it and it's crazy to say this because it's like we i do think we have one of the scariest if not the scariest attack of like got Alyssa, soph trinity like lynn is also another one that will just shook like shake people out (laughs) and be like uh i will get there before you try to clear the ball and it'll end up in the back of the net because i've almost seen it twice for the nwsl and that's when they're expecting it like there are a lot of really good things in this attack, but I also just don't see them like outside of where we should score a lot of goals. Like Sophia, like I mean, to me, Sophia and Trinity, and to be fair, Alex Morgan are just gonna have like if they want to win this tournament, they those three have to be on hot streaks. Like everything you touch turns to gold hot streaks. Yeah, that's been one of my frustrations about the whole thing is because the attack is so good and everything else behind them has been so mismanaged that we're we're not going to get to see them flourish. And not just because Cat is injured, you know, that's just because we have other players that are injured that that could help out. It's it's a lot of other issues. Sky, I want you to have the last word on the attack because then we're gonna do like a, a a quick break and kind of just run through our expectations. We're getting kind of long, but I kind of I do want to kind of look at you know, the group and maybe a little bit after the group and what we what we think might happen. So, Sky, uh, your thoughts on the attack. And also, my Sophia Smith is a nine. Um, Yeah, Sophia Smith should be the nine because um, she's played centrally as a nine. Even if she's playing on the wing, she runs in centrally. So she should be the nine. Um, and Crystal Dunn should be in midfield with her. Well, my bad. In midfield to be helping to service and create with her because she does it for the Portland Thorns. And they both been making the best 11s of the league. But anyway, um, I mean, with the forwards, my concern is what version of Pina are we getting? Because she got the dog, but the body ain't dogging no more. And we like on the, you know, we on dog o'clock. Like, because it's like she's played, it's like she plays a couple games and she's hurt. So how's that going to work? Um, Alex has not necessarily looked good in form. Um, and I thought she had a little injury. Um, and then you have you know, four players that could be perfect, but they, I mean, aside from Sophia, Alyssa's looked weird in this system. Lynn is Lynn. So she's also going to be defending. And then Trinity has looked different in this system. I don't know how this is going to work, you know, from a tax standpoint, but yeah, we're going to, they're going to save us from the instability in the midfield and whatever's happening on defense. I don't know. It could work. It could be the ball. I mean, they could really go, fuck it. We going to do this thing. And put it on their shoulders and just bang balls and then, you know, do that thing. Or it could be, oh, snap, what is going on? Um, I mean, it could go many different ways. Um, it's all going to depend on who he puts out there. Are you going to actually play Alyssa Thompson like you should? Are you going to play Trinity Rodman? Are you going to play? You'll play Lynn. You'll play Sophia. But then given the health of Pino, what shows what what is showing up? Um, when are you showing up? Uh, then what's happening with Alex? Are you going to be trying to force these wingers to kick balls into towards her instead of taking open shot? There's been several games I've been like, shoot, shoot, shoot. And people haven't shot. Yeah. The point of who's kicked outside the box. All those people are not necessarily on the roster. Although Alyssa has tried and actually Lynn has tried. You have people who have done it, but it's not like the thing that they do. 
you know? So, yeah, what are we going to do? Um, this is concerning. I thought I was going to have some, <laughs> some like, a peace <laughs> after this talk, but I'm quite concerned because there's a lot of stuff that is, like, super unstable. We're, like, playing on – we're not playing on Lego blocks. We're playing on little cards. They're really unstable. So – and then you're playing in an easier group, so you really could get smacked in a knockout game. Like, buddy. Yeah. This could work, but I'm concerned. Um, it would have been nice. If we talking about, if you really needed experience, these players that you got, particularly the younger ones on the forward line, they've modeled their game after Kristen and Sydney. So Sydney's healthy. It will be worth the Jodeci and beg and try to get her to come back. Um, or honestly, bring in the official. So... That that could have done a lot too, because Mia been scoring goals. Mia scored all kind of bajillion kind of goals, and they not penalty kicks. Now that is not shade to nobody. Yeah, that is shade. But I'm just saying she scored penalty. She scored actual <laughs> goals and run of play all over the place, everywhere you headers to the side, to the left, up, down, everywhere, and you don't bring her in. Like, what are we doing? Particularly if you must have an on. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I got. That there's faith, but we'll see. They, they, I guess they're going to save us. The tax going to save us as the defense falls to the ground and the midfield is like full of gaps. <laughs> we just going to be vibing. We going to vibe. Maybe we got the, the uh, 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 what did I, the Pachuca vibe. We just going to shoot. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's going to be the thing. That's going to have to be yeah. what it is. It's really just going to have to be the attack, which is, which is where I'm real frustrated is because if it doesn't go well, I know exactly who's going to get blamed, but I know exactly where the problems are going to come from, where they're going to stem from, where we have our biggest issues that haven't been addressed. And um, so, okay, let's just roll right into it. Cause I do want to, I do want to make sure like we are going kind of long, but let's just go ahead and get into it. I was going to take a little break, but we're not, we're going to go straight into it. Uh, expectations. So we got the group, we play Vietnam first, we play Netherlands, then we play Portugal um then get out of the group and who knows depends on where we finish first or second uh and then we'll see what happens after that but um want to get your thoughts on expectations for the group stage and then maybe a look at like do you think we get one or two heading out of the group um basically i guess do you think netherlands and how do you think that netherlands game is going to go is pretty much how that question boils down so uh Sylves, how about you go um my expectations are the number one seed probably got one of the easier groups, which is what happens when you're one. Um, or ranked number one, I should say. Um, I mean, I definitely expect us to beat Vietnam with a fair amount of ease. Um, and that's, again, not disrespect to Vietnam. I don't think it'll be the Thailand scoreline, but yeah. Um, the Netherlands game, well, we, we have to win it because the Dutch get to play Vietnam last with the assumption that they will run up the score. We cannot draw, we cannot lose. Um, and I think the Dutch are the perfect team. Like I, they don't, they struggle against us because the only, the only defense in that group that might be shakier than ours is theirs. Um, and that team is about the same age as our team. (laughs) If I'm being honest, like they haven't bought in a lot of talent. And though I don't think she was the best player in the world cup for them in 2019, it's very evident that they missed me to Um, I think it was Gronin by the way, or Mertens, but, um, I think we win that game. Actually, I'm actually interested to see what Portugal does because they're the opposite of us in the sense that they're just going to trash it. I fully expect Jessica Silva to hit a Rabona on us at some point. She clearly been working on him for like two <laughs> she years. Gonna, she going to try it. She going to definitely try that Rabona. Um, and she might sell a few calls. I've seen her roll uh, 
from the top of the 18 to the <laughs> to the goal line before. Do that name. Oh, she gonna cook up. She's, she's she gonna actress. cook up Sonic. Right, and she's not going to fear us because she's played in the NWSL, right? Um, so that will be interesting. I think we're probably satisfied with the draw in that game, depending. Um, so I think we finished first in the group, and we have to finish first in the group because second place path ain't for us. We're not built for it. We're not gonna make it. We can't do what we did in 2019 and take the harder path. Like we not, we not gonna make it. Um, so we gotta finish first because that's our best chance of winning the World Cup. Having said that. I don't know. We're not out the group yet, so I'll, I'll I'll hold. I'll hold. But I think we finished first in the group. Um, I also think we finished first, only because I'm a little suspect of the Netherlands. Um, only because of their coach, actually. Because I did some googling about their coach today. He's never coached at the international level before. This is also his first major tournament with the team, and we know across the board, it literally doesn't matter like what federation you're. You're in, like, what region out of the world you come from, like, your first international major tournament, like, you're probably going to do something silly. It, it Quite simply, it happens all the time. Um, and so while I think their squad is very good, and while they haven't announced their official 23, they've announced, like, a 30-player provisional squad, so there are probably some cuts that are going to happen. I do agree that they miss Miedema a ton. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, don't 100% trust their coach which is why i think portugal could sneaky beat them um because i think also portugal is one of those teams that people probably aren't expecting to be as good as they are but i think i also think portugal has a bunch of secret ballers um and yeah like the (laughs) the path through second place is we do not have the facilities we do not have the capacity (laughs) um so uh i do think the u.s finds a way to get like to get first out of the group either through either tying a team that maybe we shouldn't tie or the Portugal beating the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh definitely don't have facilities for that for that for that number two life. Uh Sky, what do you think? Um I think they got out the group. But we'll see what they look like when they play Vietnam. And then well, do you think they're gonna? Do you, do you think Vlaco's gonna go with his strongest lineup, or do you think this is gonna be like an experimental lineup for Vietnam? A, a lineup of prayer? I don't know. I mean, it's gonna depend on what they look like in their uh, friendly, and uh, it's gonna depend on what they look in that friendly, the the send off friendly. I really don't know. Like, so my concern is, yes, they should win the group, but if they look crazy against Vietnam and then look shaky against netherlands and then are fighting for their lives against silva and them in portugal Woo! i mean they'll get out the group likely but they could be on the second place path i mean it's all because of all the instability i don't know they should be first but it could go either way um yeah that's what i got it's gonna depend yeah i think uh i think i'm with you i mean i think i do think that you know the their path is the easiest one. Again, like Sil said, you win. <laughs> I know it's only like based on like their last, you know, ranking and everything, but like two World Cups, like you're you're still number one. You're going to get kind of the easiest road. So they do have that going for them. I personally would like to see him kind of, because I think he's going to have to rely on players that he never intended to rely on if for the best possible scenario throughout this World Cup. I would like to see him be experimental in the Vietnam game, put some pieces together that haven't quite played together. Cause I think you're going to need that. 
So, I mean, I personally, that's what I want to see. But I, do I think we're going to see that? No, <laughs> not at all. I think we're going to see probably start out strong, make a ton of subs, you know, at halftime. And that's going to be that. Um, or maybe back to his line changes because he loves to do that, even though he kind of stopped doing that. After Andre, why did you bring that back still. up? <laughs> I still have war change. flashbacks. If I see a hockey line change. <laughs> war I'm leaving, flashbacks. I'm Getting leaving back Australia. on the plane. I hated it so much. It was so, so <laughs> stupid. So, yeah. Um, all right. I, I think we're done. I think we're done. I mean, basically, I, this is going to be a weird one. I, I do think the biggest problem that I think people have is they're going to they're gonna have a hard time understanding exactly what's been going on, like the world of women's soccer ever since the last World Cup and how badly we've kind of handled this transition, which is why we are where we are. I think those are going to be the two big things for me that are really going to cause some people some they're, they're going to be surprised at how the U.S. looks in some games, even against what they would consider lower tier, tier competition, in my opinion. Like, I, I completely agree that Portugal game, let them stun a little bit and let, let's see what happens, right? Let them, let them get a first goal maybe off something, you know, a wonder strike or something, and let's see what happens. Like, things could get a little weird. But I do think that, like, this is going to be a really fun World Cup for a number of reasons. And I think that people who expect the U.S. to just run through are going to be struggling because we're not built for that. And that's going to be a little bit weird for a lot of people to get their heads around. Uh, and it's not necessarily because other teams caught up. It's because of what we've done to ourselves in in between the two World Cups. Wait, I was laughing because I said, it's not going to be a wonder strike. It's going to be a Jessica Silva Robona. Yep. No, well, yes. That, I mean, I would say... I just I like started laughing to myself because I was like, there's not going to be a wonder strike. I picture the Rabona right now. She's probably going to yeah. make two players in the process and it's going to yeah. go, like, it's going to win um the Buscas. Um, I don't know. For, for me, I think there's a lot of feds who are struggling with funding and things like that. Um, There's obviously major injuries throughout the World Cup. Almost every team is missing a big piece in some way, shape, or form. Um... And everyone had to deal with COVID. Like the idea that, oh, the U.S. had to deal with COVID and nobody else did is ridiculous. It was a global pandemic. Every federation was thrown off. Every federation lost money. Fine. I think the actual tale of this World Cup, one of the three or four best coaches will win. And we do not have one of the three or four best coaches. Wait, in your opinion, who are the three to four best coaches? <sighs> I don't know every coach. <laughs> um, England's going to be interesting because I think Wegman's a good coach. But they might have lost one too many. Um, I know U.S. fans have feelings. I think Pia has enough. I think Pia has enough. Pia just can't be in the way. That team is yeah, I think it's right if she just has learned. And here's the reality. And U.S. people are avoiding this. No one's saying Brazil. And my issue is, why do you think we can defend the Brazilians down under or in New Zealand or wherever we play them when we can't defend them at home? Bruh, Adriana cooked up Naomi Garma. That's the best one we got. <laughs> That's the best one we got. Yeah. Um, I would like to say, I, Courtney Aaron Stith, have been saying Brazil. <laughs> I know. We have, we have. We have, you know. I, I literally, I remember the yeah. quote tweet from Andre and I was like, why aren't the betters talking about Brazil? And everyone was like, and I was like, but Brazil? No. I've been that, high on them because, for actually a long time. Because um, if you're asking me, the one attack that I think might be better than ours is that one. 
Caroline's yeah, gonna when they cook cooking. on the world. And the you understand when they poor. can run at us? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm horrified. I'm horrified. We can't stop Caroline, and there's like five more of her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, and they've been figuring out the midfield, and they've been figuring out the defense. I mean, only their only issue is really goalkeeper. Look, I might have to, yeah. I'm, bro. Even if CBS don't send me, I yeah. might have to go watch Brazil. Yeah, I'm no, learning I, Brazilian. I, I definitely Maybe agree. One with the this people. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is going to be a, an interesting little wake up call for some folks because I think that Brazil squad people aren't ready for. I even think the Japan squad people aren't going to be ready for. And honestly, low key, in fact, high key, that Australia squad is nice. Uh, Home team too. Play the soccer like, because Hamilton. My feelings. Yeah. Um, Mary Fowler yeah. gets healthy with the back. Well, they and, actually and see, that's they the play Mary Fowler not, for country. They, it's amazing. Right, and she and they get... learned to stop relying on Sam Kerr right. in, the, in the recent history, and that's been dangerous. They've had other people step up and score bangers, you know, get it into the box, score and tap ins. Co- you know, co- that, that's a Coney Cross gonna have a tournament. You... She's yeah. gonna have a tournament. Oh, yeah. She's not. Nice. She gonna make bank. She about the bag. The price of her bag about to go up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hi. How are we stopping that? Um, how is the U.S. stopping that? All that. Which one? All of them. Like how? Mm. <laughs> Well, we don't mm. play most of those teams until the knockouts. And if we're playing Cook and Gurma 90 every game, they tend to be tired. Like, they're not robots. These are human women. Like, <laughs> at some yeah. point, they're going to be tired mentally and physically. Yeah. And the drop-off between yeah. them and what's behind them is concerning. Like, the, the, de- the depth difference here for us is my big red flag. And, again, outside of Crystal Dunn, None of our outside backs are particularly fast. So those wingers are running at you. Even the Germans. Ooh. Germany is due. They ain't won since 2016. They haven't won a major tournament. They've been getting embarrassed. They've been going out early. They got younger. They got meaner. And have you seen Lena Oberdorf? That's 21. I was going to say, meaner is exactly it. Because that's the thing that stood out to me about that Germany <sighs> squad is that they are big and they are physical. That is a problem. <laughs> that is a real problem. I feel like because Germany hasn't, like, they've missed a couple cycles and people aren't used to a really good. No, they have history in this tournament. This could be a They're problem. They're the other team that's won back-to-back. They don't fear us. Mm-hmm. They've played us twice yeah. in friendlies. We had to win that second game or we would have lost four yes. in a row and we've never lost four in a row. And yeah. Lena Oberdorf came Lena in Oberdorf to her. that first game for, like, 25 minutes with one pass. Beat yeah. our entire back line. And Gurma and Dunn were on the pitch. Yeah. That pass oh. beat everybody. And they Jesus. weren't playing their they weren't playing their number one squad. <laughs> no, no, yeah. they weren't. Neither was Spain when they beat us, by the way. Yeah, and it and it took Andy Sullivan taking out Overdorf for us to turn. Right, she Overdorf had to get hurt for us to win that second game. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Everybody talks yeah. about, oh, we made it justice. No, no, we just realized she won't in there. Yeah. If she's in that there, helped. good luck. That's the best six in the world. And I also think that was a bit of mal and stuff going, we're ignoring you. We are quite simply ignoring you. Half oh, yeah. the time the- That's another thing that was great. They were like, um, we're not losing because we, we're we not going to listen to you and be sh- and be shamed out here. Like, we know we can ball. We just going to ball. And so, you can okay. also even argue for that in that 2-1 loss. That goal that we got back was also Pino and Alex just saying, yeah, we, we're doing what we want. <laughs> Pino said, I right. am the player coach. <laughs> I'm doing what I want. She really is. Yeah, they play street ball and yeah. sport. And that's when we're at our best. And that, considering this man's been in the job since 2020, is super concerning. Because, yeah, when have they scored in the system? And has anybody who scored in system, are they still on the team or not hurt? 
The greatest moment of his system was that disallowed Mexico goal. It's been downhill since then. I really don't want to talk about it. That was the beginning it of the end. It hurts my heart every time. <laughs> I watch Roosevelt die end. for that goal every time. And it doesn't count. <laughs> she does. She she takes one for the team, for us, for everybody, for football. She she took one for all of it. I so appreciate her. Okay, let, let's get out of here. Uh, we've been talking for a bit. Um, yeah, we, we definitely going to be there. Hopefully, hopefully we're going to claim it. I know, I know Courtney said, you know, she got more hope of, I, I forget what the line was, oh, <laughs> but, uh, we're going to claim it. We're going to manifest it. Y'all going to get to New Zealand. Y'all going to get to see this up close. I'm hoping for it. I'm pushing for you it. Too. Um, you but yeah, we're going to be here on all our podcasts to, to, uh, to go over this, to review everything. We're going to be here. We'll pull our receipts if we need to, because we all been saying it. Every single one of us on our podcast platforms and on our microphones been saying, if things don't change, things are going to be a little rough. Nothing changed, so we're going to see what happens. But all right, thank you for listening to Diaspora United. Courtney, uh, you want to do your thing and get us out of here? What's my thing? Don't you normally ask? Oh, I thought you were going to ask if I had anything else to say, and I'd wait way too long and then say nope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I was uh I, I wasn't gonna do that one. <laughs> That's another thing, but bye. There we go. Bye. Happy birthday, Courtney. Belated. Oh yeah, that bye. part. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Stop the recording. Yes, there we go. You thought you got away with it, didn't you? Andre, I'm coming so hard for your birthday. I just Yo, wanted look, you, you to hit your birthday from me. That ain't my fault. That ain't my fault. All I got to do is get a tweet off, and then you wouldn't let us record until now. The fun. So happy birthday! Thank you, Sky, for joining in. Appreciate you. This is what we meant to do. This is the whole reason we. Well, not the whole reason, but this is part of the reason we were doing a crossover anyway. We needed to get you. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. I got you so good that episode though, because I was about to say like, yeah, my birthday next week, and then I was like, oh, Father's Day, and I was like. Yeah, I was so mad at you when I listened to it back. I was like, oh, I got played. I got played. I was over here doing too much trust in my co-host. I got played. All right. Whatever. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Uh, All right. Again, thank y'all for listening. And uh, Courtney, one more time. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora UTD POD. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.